Well, good morning, everyone. Man, it, when I think about um, this morning and when I woke up and I was thinking, just like Pastor Ron had mentioned, almost like April Fools came a little early um, with all that snow on it. I didn't think I was going to actually have to get up this morning and scrape my windows. How many had to scrape your windows this morning? Come on now. Welcome to Michigan. <laughs> What a fantastic uh, week we've had. Uh, God just did some great things uh, in and through this week. And we've been in the midst of just God doing some things inside of our church, almost like a, like a, a, a spiritual as well as some physical um, renovation that God's been doing. And man, yesterday we knocked out all of the ceilings throughout the entire lower level. And uh, man, it was just awesome to see that all take place. I know that's not as exciting to some of you because you don't fully understand really all that's happened and we can't wait to share that with you. Um, But we have remodeled everything that you see. The entire footprint of this church is right below you. And um, except for just a small area that basically is like from the front of this to maybe, maybe five seats, you know, five rows back. Basically, there's a little bit of dirt there, but for the most, the rest of it, there is entire lower level throughout this entire process or building, and uh, we've been doing just some great things, and the team's been working really hard, and those of you who have been helping throughout the process, man, thank you. Someone came up to me today, and they said, you know, Pastor Brian, if we would have known, we would have been here, and, and I just want to say thank you for being a part, for your willingness to help, Um, There are so many great things that are happening down there as we're preparing that space. Um, There's some fun things that are going to be delivered this week is what we're hoping for. And so, uh, man, I just, I I really, I can't wait to share it with you and for you to experience it. It it is going to be amazing. We're in this series right now called Jesus is Greater. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and just say this, say Jesus is Greater. See, Jesus is greater than anything you faced, anything this week has brought up for you. Jesus is greater. He's greater than confusion. He's greater than doubt. He's greater than fear. He's greater than anything else that you and I could ever encounter. In fact, I was telling the team this morning, I said, hey, guys, listen, it's spring break week, and so we're going to come in, and you may have had an expectation of thinking the house was going to be full. I came in expecting that people were going to be on a little bit of vacation, and I understand that, and we're totally believing for that. But can I just tell you, Jesus is greater than church attendance. Jesus is greater than any of those things that are out there, and we don't gauge our relationship with Jesus based upon the circumstances of our life, because he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed. His hand has not moved or been removed from this church. He still has a plan and purpose, and I believe that Jesus is greater than anything the enemy could ever throw at us. But I wonder how many of us have an expectation that we've been carrying and believing for, and when that expectation didn't come, we began to doubt. An expectation of of how you thought life would go. Maybe an expectation of how you thought your college years would go. Maybe you're in college right now and and you have an expectation and it's not quite going the way you expected it. Maybe it's your job. Maybe you started your job and you thought in your mind, this is what I'm expecting from my job. This is how I'm expecting that to go. And and yet the expectation has not been met in your mind. And so fear creeps in, doubt creeps in, uh, an, an unsettling creeps in. In fact, sometimes 
bitterness creeps in. And in the midst of the bitterness, can I just say it, that bitterness normally comes from an offense. Normally an offense happens, and then once that offense happens, it happens in our, in our workplaces, it happens in our families. Some of us are offended by a family member who did something wrong years and years and years ago, and you're still holding on to that. And what has happened is, is because you haven't given that to Jesus, you've allowed the offense to actually turn into bitterness. And from bitterness, it leads to rebellion. And from rebellion, it leads to witchcraft. And you might say, Pastor Brian, come on, you're, you're being a little extreme. No, I mean, that's what we see. We see how someone, a little offense, because see, the enemy is no dummy. He loves to mess with you. He loves to play with you. He loves to just put a little offense in there, and that little offense turns into bitterness, and that bitterness begins to grow and grow and grow. And what happens is you begin rebelling. There are some of you, you have not spent time with your family. You've literally rebelled against the whole family piece. You said, I don't want to have anything to do with it, and it all comes back to an offense. I wonder how many of us have an expectation in our friendships. Maybe in our schools. Maybe, maybe for you, you have an expectation in your marriage. One of the things that kills marriages, man, is expectation. Unspoken expectation, unrealistic expectation. Maybe it's, as a parent, you thought that parenting was going to look a certain way and all of a sudden things haven't gone the way you thought. There was an expectation there. And life seems to be filled with these expectations. But can I just remind you that Jesus is greater even than the unmet expectations. In fact, that's what I want to focus in on today is this idea of unmet expectations. How many of you have experienced some unmet expectations? Come on, be honest, raise your hand. Probably all of us at one point in time have had some form of an unmet expectation. We were hoping for something to happen, and then that didn't happen, and it became an unmet expectation. I remember the first time that my family and I we went to Disney. Our kids were young. Josiah was two years old. We had an expectation of how Disney was going to go, didn't we, babe? And that expectation was it was going to be this magical time where everyone was going to get along. In fact, I had an expectation. Here was the expectation. I expected my two-year-old son to walk most of Disney World. <laughs> that was my expectation. I was like, he doesn't need a stroller. He don't need any of that stuff. He can walk. Now, Kasha, she had an expectation that was that we would have a stroller. So as we're discussing the trip, she wants to bring this bigger stroller, and I'm like, no, no, we're not doing that. So we settled on her actually bringing a little umbrella stroller. And I was like, why do we even need this little umbrella stroller? He's two years old. Josiah can walk. He's a man. <laughs> he's a man. Come on, he's two years old. I mean, I'd even buy him a plane ticket. I literally sat him on my lap because I was like, man, I ain't paying no, if I don't have to pay for it. So he sat on our lap and we get him there and I'm thinking in my mind, this two-year-old kid is going to walk all of Disney World. And he was a trooper, man. We dressed him up like Peter Pan one day and he was walking around. I mean, like he was, he was as cute as can be and everything. But, but how many of you know the expectation as the day went on and multiple days of being at the park and, and, I, and, and here's the thing. Kasha and I this past summer went back to Disney and we were there and, and we're walking around and I was like, I don't even remember being here. And she's like, we were here. And I'm like, no, we walked through the castle. She's like, yes, we walked through the castle. I'm like, no, we didn't. I mean, I'm sitting there arguing with her about all the things. You know why? Because my expectation was I got to get my kids through this park. 
And so the day started, and I'm like, okay, we are going. You ready? Come on, Josiah. I'm dragging this poor kid along. I had an expectation of how that was going to go. And you know what happened is in the midst of me trying to accomplish the expectation of giving my kids all the things they wanted and I thought they needed, I actually didn't get to enjoy the whole experience. It's interesting because I was there. My kids were there. But yet, because of an expectation, because I got to get us through the parks, because do you know how much a Disney ticket is? I mean, I almost traded Josiah in to pay for it. It was just, it was ridiculous. And what happens is, is life is filled with these expectations, but along the way, those expectations can actually take the joy that you and I are meant to experience in that. What could have been this magical time, this, this time with my kids, and here's what would make it magic. Not, not the environment, not the, it's just spending time with my kids. What's it like just to have an expectation of, hey, what if we just hang out? See, some of you, you're upset because you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I wish I was on vacation like so-and-so. I wish I was going down to Florida. I mean, hey, I'm right there with you. I woke up this morning, I was like, I was not expecting spring break to be snow break. But here it is. Surprise. See, life is filled with expectations. Have you ever been to a restaurant before and you look in the in you're look you're flopping through the, the menu or the uh, menu, right? And all of a sudden you see the picture, right? Because don't how many of you does the picture get you? It gets me every time. I see the picture and I'm like, oh, I need that right there. So the expectation is is that when that's delivered to my table, it looks like that. But how many of you know restaurant business is filled with a lot of unmet expectations? Come on now. I mean, if somebody would actually just take a picture of how the burger actually looked and put it in the menu, I would be more happy with that than seeing these burgers. And listen, I've watched. I, I know someone who owns a restaurant, and, and we'll go in there sometimes throughout the day, and they'll be over on the side, and they're getting all the right lighting and everything to take a picture of that. And I'm like, it never looks that way. And I was talking with him. I was like, how come it never looks that way? He's like, well, because to make it look that good, it doesn't taste that good. Oh. Unmet expectations. If you and I were to walk through our everyday situations, what we'd find is ourself in moments of unmet expectations. And, he, and here's what happens, though, is in those moments of unmet expectations, we actually respond in different ways. Now, a normal emotional responses are, kind of could fall into these three. One could be anger. Another could be sadness. Another could be fear. Anger looks like this. You're, you're mad that your expectations weren't met. So you start looking, and here's the key in anger. You start looking for someone to blame. It's like, oh, it's their fault. It's that person's fault. And sometimes you blame others. Sometimes you blame yourself. Sometimes we even blame God. Maybe it's sadness, and, and, and you grieve the loss of something that didn't happen. An expectation. This happens in marriage all the time. When things don't happen the way that you thought they were going to, you can either get angry, you can be sad, or you can begin to even fear. Fear is this idea that you're afraid that your expectation will continue to go unmet. And what happens is, is when you stay in that place, you begin to think of all these horrible things. Oh my goodness, what about this? How many of you have ever made a bigger deal out of something than what needed to be met? Come on, raise your hand. Oh, man, we do that all the time, don't we? 
It's like the sky is falling, chicken little, right? And it's not. Everything's going to be okay, but, but we get so worked up in our emotions that we begin to fear. So it's either anger, it's either sadness, or it's that fear. Now, there's nothing wrong with these emotions. They are God-given, and, and I think they're actually natural. They're, they're a part of who we are. It's kind of hardwired into us. The problem isn't with you experiencing that. It's what you do afterwards with the emotions, Because see, if you stay in the sadness, if you stay in the fear, if you stay in the anger, then what happens is is you begin to realize, and and here's kind of the question, it's how you respond to unmet expectations that actually matters. See, how you and I respond to unmet expectations is what matters. There's always going to be unmet expectations. There's always going to be things that you don't fully understand. There's always going to be moments that you're going to struggle with. But choices must be made, and this is where we often go wrong. Instead of making the right choice, we allow our emotions to influence our choices. And now all of a sudden, we're living life based on emotion. And that's why marriages get heated. And that's why we make bigger things out of things that really aren't. And that's why we begin to worry and fear and we allow our emotions. And if we went around basing everything upon emotions, well, boy, we would be up and down like a roller coaster. Because sometimes our emotions are up here, right? And sometimes our emotions are down here. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's when we choose to live in those emotions. A lot of how we respond is determined by what we've learned. And and here's the thing. For some of us, we've learned a lot of these responses from our parents. So just think about your parents for a minute. You probably begin to think about that. You would begin to realize that how did your parents deal with unmet expectations? My dad was angry, or my dad wasn't. My dad was fearful, my dad was sad. Whatever it may be, those emotions that play in, we many times are a product of those who we've been around, those who have been modeling for us. And some of us, we've just created some habits. Some of us, it's not because your dad was that way, it's just because you've allowed a habit to be created in your life to where you respond in anger, or you respond in fear, or you respond in sadness. And what happens is, is when we begin to respond and stay in our emotions, they take form in two different ways. One is silence, and the other is violence. Silence is we shut ourselves down and we isolate from others. Violence is this idea that we strike out with our words, with our actions. We're hurtful. We say hurtful things. It's a defense mechanism that kicks in. We, we go into the fight. I see this in marriages all the time where, where there's these unmet expectations. And then instead of responding, what, what happens is they either isolate themselves, they pull back from the marriage, or they come in and they just, they fight. They they. they And I know violence, some of us will go, man, that's not really the right word, but isn't it? Because our words can either give life or they can bring death. Now, there was someone in the scriptures that I want to focus in on today, just one person who uh, I think struggled with this idea of unmet expectations. His story is found in Matthew chapter 11. He is the precursor to Jesus. His name is John the Baptist. Here's what it says, Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 says, now John the Baptist, 
who was in prison heard about all the things that the Messiah was doing. Now, prior to this, John the Baptist has heard what Jesus has been doing. He's, he knows that Jesus has been baptized. He's been a part of these moments. So he, he's hearing that Jesus is making an impact on the culture around him. But here's what's crazy. It says this. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? It's interesting that John the Baptist would ask a question when he knows the answer. What has John the Baptist been actually proclaiming? The coming of Jesus. Coming of the Messiah. He's literally been saying, hey guys, he's coming and here he is. But yet, in the middle of expectations not being met, a question arises inside of him, and he says to his disciples, hey guys, why don't you go see and talk to Jesus and see if he's the one that we've been expecting, see if he's the one that we're actually talking about, that that I'm speaking about, or is it someone else. See, the disciples had expectations. John the Baptist had expectations. They thought that things would go a certain way. Roman rule is happening. It's really tough during that time. But here's the thing that the disciples are getting ready to learn just like John the Baptist, and that is that Jesus is greater than their unmet expectations. They thought things would go a certain way. They thought everything would come according to that in their life, in their finances, I mean, come on, for all of us, we all have these expectations, how our career is going to go. Even for some of us, it's even in our faith. But here's one of the first things I want you to really write down this morning, and that is this, is that God doesn't always live up to your expectations, but he always lives up to his word. See, some of you have expectations on God, and you're like, man, this is what I'm expecting. This is how my marriage should look. This is how my kids should look. This is how my finances should look. This is how my life should look. You've got expectations for everything all lined up. And the minute that something doesn't go right, you begin to question. You begin to to go to those responses. You get sad. You, You get fearful. You get angry. But can I just tell you, God doesn't always live up to your expectations, but he always lives up to his word. Do you know why every day we spend time in this Bible reading program called SOAP here? Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. The reason why we spend time in that is because we want to engage God's word every day because we believe that his word brings life. We believe that his word is alive, it's active, it's speaking to us even now. You know what? This phrase right here that God doesn't always live up to your expectations but always lives up to his word, man, that's good preaching. But it sure is hard living, isn't it? (laughs) 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 talks about the word of God. It says, every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. I want you to focus in on that first little phrase there. It says, showing us truth. See, God's word is like a mirror. And what God's word does is it shows us things inside of our life. It begins to show us truth. And no matter how many times I sit there and look in the mirror and say, you know what? You have long hair, Brian. You have long hair. 
It's flowing. It's great. It's fantastic. No matter how many times I say that, guess what? My hair is not long. And what the mirror does is a mirror exposes the truth of my current condition. Some of us are sitting there and we're speaking things over ourselves and the reality of it is, is the word of God has been speaking something over. And it doesn't matter what you say with your mouth, if your actions and the truth of who you are is not there, then what happens, people begin to look at it and go, wait, something's not right. I mean, you say that every time, but something seems to not be right. And so then it leads to this next part. It exposes our rebellion. We begin rebelling against the truth. We say, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But that's what Scripture does. It exposes, and then it actually then begins to, to show us in there. It says, listen, here's some areas in your life that you've got to really work on. And exposing our rebellion, then it leads to this. It corrects our mistakes. It begins to show us, hey, listen, here's some things that need to correct in your life. And I love this because this is where our hope lies. This is where our hope is, is that God would actually begin to refine us. How many of you know that you need a little refinement? Come on now. Anybody? Yeah, all of us need some refinement in our lives. So once the correcting's been happening, then it says this, it trains us. Now think about that for a minute. None of us like the training part. Because what training is, is training is, is a repetitive process of God actually doing something in our lives. I, I think about Tom over here. He's a good friend of mine. And, and Tom here a few weekends ago ran a marathon. Come on now, Tom. Qualified for the Boston Marathon. Yeah, that's my boy. Their whole family runs. I mean, they just run everywhere. They didn't even drive to church today. They ran. It was amazing. <laughs> No, they drove, they drove, I'm just joking. But I mean, they're, they're running. But you know what? Tom didn't just wake up and say, you know what? Today I'm going to run a marathon. If I decided to run a marathon, in fact, and here's, my heart hurts, guys. I need, I need a, a little moment. The other day I told Tom, I said, Tom, I'd like to run with you. I'd love to run it like, like a marathon or something. And you know, my wife was over here, and all of a sudden Kasha just started laughing. My heart hurts, folks. I mean, busting out laughing, like, just like. <laughs> and it was just, but here's the reality. I, I can't just wake up. Now, I did run a 5K one time. This is not on my notes, but I did run a 5K one time. I didn't train for it. And I literally got out that morning. I was like, you know what? I'm going to run the 5K. And I had signed up. And so I hadn't been running before that. I, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and, and the obstacle that was in front of me was, was just, just finish and don't walk. And so I ran the whole time and uh, I got over the training line. But, but here's the thing. God's word, let me get back into my notes here. God's word trains us. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that simple truth that God is training something. He's, he's developing something inside of us. See, Jesus is greater than your unmet expectations. John the Baptist knew fully well that he had some expectations. He, he thought things were going to go a certain way. All throughout scriptures, we see individuals thinking life is going to be one way, experiencing life in a different way, and how they respond many times dictates what they experience. Think about Job for a minute. Here's Job in the scriptures, this guy that, that the father says, hey, have you considered my servant Job? Listen, you don't want God pointing out to the enemy, 
have you considered my servant Brian? Yeah, like, like he's faithful. Like he's, man, he's a, he's a righteous man. And, and then all of a sudden the enemy comes in and says, well, he's only righteous because he experiences your blessings. He's only righteous because he's experienced your favor. God's like, oh, no, no, it's deeper than that. And all of a sudden he removes that. And then Job goes through one of the most difficult seasons in his life. You think Job had unmet expectations during that time? Lost his kids? Lost his wife, or not his wife, but his house? Lost all, like, lost so much of his material possessions and servants, all the different things? In fact, Job gets to a place, Job 14, verse 19 says this, Job literally says, as water wear away at the stones and as flood wash away the soil of the earth so you O lord destroy the hope of man job gets to a place where he's like listen my my expectations are been destroyed now we know in the character of who job is he ends up still continuing to say that god is faithful but job struggled with those unmet expectations in the midst of his questions, in the midst of his doubts, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the negative voices around him, in the midst of the loss, in the midst of all those things, Job was facing unmet expectations. And listen, I understand disappointments. I understand what it means to have unmet expectations. You think one thing's going to go this way, and you're walking on that path, and you're like, man, this is how I think it's going to be. And all of a sudden, as time goes on, you begin to realize, oh no, this is not what's happening. And as you're walking through various processes and things, you begin to realize that things aren't going the way you expected them to go. And no matter how hard you try to push back and you try to forget, you begin to realize that you've got to deal with the current realities that are in front of you. And you struggle through it because you begin realizing not everyone is going to fully understand what you're having to process through. Because they have expectations as well. <laughs> Some of you may think, you know what? Pastors only work on Sundays. And you're right. We work on Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. I could tell you all the things that I do and I could talk to you through, through all that, but here's the reality of it is you're going to still think the same things that you're going to think because you have expectations of me. And you say, this is what I think Pastor Brian should do and this is how I think he should respond and this is what I think Pastor Brian, this is, this, we, we have all these expectations. And then when those expectations don't get met, what do we do? We respond with anger, sadness, or fear. We go right back to those things. And we process through it and we go, oh, that's an unmet expectation. But can I just remind you of something? Jesus is greater than your unmet expectations. Even of me. I, I'll, I'll fail. Someone the other day said, man, Pastor Brian, it's so good to know that you fail. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. I do make mistakes. I do try my hardest to lead in the way that God has called me to lead. And sometimes God asks me to do some things and lead in some ways that even I struggle with. But I can't look at him and be like, well, God, I don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. I know better, God, than what you know. Oh, I got this all figured out. 
It doesn't work that way. And that's what John the Baptist was struggling with. John the Baptist had dreams. Since he was in his mother's womb, his expectation was of the Son of God. In fact, he leapt in his mother's womb. This is something that he's been expecting. It's been hardwired into him since he was a young boy. He was taught to expect the coming of the Messiah. He then goes out and begins proclaiming the coming of the Messiah. He's out in the wilderness. He's living like no one else. He's giving up everything because he has an expectation of how things are going to go. He knows that he is going to be the one that has been called to prepare the way for the Lord. But what's interesting is that John the Baptist though he had seen all these things and experienced all these things, still struggled with unmet expectations. If you go a few verses later in Matthew chapter 11, in verse 1, we read this. It says, When Jesus had finished placing this charge before his 12 disciples, he went on to teach and preach in their villages. So here's the thing. Jesus is going out. He's doing the things He's preaching the gospel. And you're going to see a key in this moment. It says, John, meanwhile, the scriptures say, John, meanwhile, had been locked up in prison. How many of you think John, growing up, thought, you know what? I'm going to proclaim the coming of the Messiah. This is going to happen. And while he's out doing the work of ministry, I'm going to find myself in prison. But it's interesting how a prison perspective will always cause you to doubt. See, some of you, you're doubting what's happening because you find yourself in a prison. You find yourself in a prison maybe in your finances. Maybe you find yourself in in a prison in, in, in your relationships with others. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your workplace. You feel like you're trapped. And you have these expectations of how you thought things were going to go, but yet those expectations have not lived up to that, and so there's this unmet expectation that you're struggling with. And you feel like you're locked in. And what happens is, is in the middle of feeling like you're locked in, it causes you to begin to doubt. And that's exactly what John the Baptist was struggling with. Because John the Baptist, what we see here is he's seeing and hearing of Jesus going and performing and doing all these things, but he finds himself in prison. Meanwhile, John was in prison. Meanwhile, while the miracles are happening, John's in prison. Meanwhile, while the disciples are sitting at the feet of Jesus, John is in prison. Meanwhile, while all these miracles are taking place, John's in prison. Meanwhile, while every other person in the church is being blessed, and their job's going great, and their finances are going great, and their health is going great, you find yourself locked in prison. And you struggle. Because it's unmet expectations. See, at prison perspective will always cause you to doubt. When the bank account is low, you begin to doubt. When jobs are scarce, you begin to doubt. When the bills are piling up, when bad doctor's report comes in, when a failed surgery happens, when a struggling marriage happens, when your kids are in rebellion, you begin to doubt because you find yourself locked in something you never, ever expected would happen. But here's the good news. The third point is this, is that you need to remember what God has done and what he is doing. Remember what God has done and is doing. God has done amazing. There are times where in my own life I have to remind myself, no, no, wait, 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 wait a minute. In the midst of unmet expectations, what has God been doing? Sometimes I look back. 
The reason why we have praise reports in the seat pockets in front of you is because we want to remember what God's been doing. We want to celebrate with people. We want to believe with people. And we want to celebrate when God has met a need. But we don't just celebrate what God did. We also celebrate what he's doing. It's not just what he's done. See, some of us, we have a tendency in the midst of our unmet expectations to keep circling back to the past. Oh, do you remember when the days were so good at Bethany? Oh, do you remember that? And can I just tell you, I do not believe that that is of the Lord. I think the enemy slips a little bit of truth in there and gets you to circle back and to keep going back to the past and start going, oh, that's just, man, it's just great. Like, let's just stay here. If we could just go back to that. Oh, that's wonderful. If we could just stay in this. And God's like, listen, I have done great things, but I'm doing even greater. Like, have you read, do you read the book? Like, I'm doing a new thing. And in the midst of him doing the new thing, there are some times where there's a new wineskin that he has to bring in. You don't put new wine into an old wineskin. And what God sometimes is doing is saying, listen, I know you have expectations. I know you thought things were going to go a certain way. But he's saying to you and I, remember what I have been doing. Back to Matthew 11 says when he got wind of what Jesus was doing, so John the Baptist, when he got wind of what Jesus was doing, he sent his own disciples to ask, are you the one we've been expecting or are we still waiting? And Jesus told them, go back and tell John what's going on. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the wretched of the earth learn that God is on their side. What John was once again being reminded of is this, is listen, I am doing a new thing. I am moving. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am making a difference on the culture around you. And even though it doesn't look the way you thought it was going to, Jesus is greater than your unmet expectations. Last year, for good to great, we had a lot of expectations going into it. We, we walked into a time where we were going to show God's love in a practical way. That's what good to great is, is on Good Friday... We say that we want to turn people's Good Friday into a Great Friday, and so we do random acts of kindness across our community. From buying people's lunches to, to helping them buy, you know, like we, we go into the laundromats and we buy people's, you know, like we, we buy their clothes from them. Not from them, but we put the money in there and everything and make that happen. We go around and we, we just do random acts of kindness all across our city. And last year we invested over $30,000 into our community. And, it, and here's, here's what I've heard. I've heard people who have different expectations of those funds. It's interesting because people will be like, oh man, like, I wish we would do this and I wish we would do this. And we all have these unmet expectations. But can I just encourage you to something? God is going to, I believe, use these random acts of kindness so that people can come to know Jesus. And, and what if, just what if, one person could come to know Jesus? Just one. What if just one person could come to know Jesus? Would it be worth 25,000? Would it be worth 30? Would it be worth 50? I mean, can we put a price tag on someone's soul? Just one, just one person. Maybe your expectation is, well, I thought that we'd be packed out the next week. Well, what if that doesn't even matter? 
well, I thought we could get a better return on that. What if, what if instead of having such high expectations, we just surrendered to the Father and said that Jesus is greater than any unmet expectation, that he's better, that his ways are better, that he's better than any unmet expectation that's out there. I read this story from Max Lucado, and he was talking about how there was a time he took his family to a bicycle store to purchase a bike for his five-year-old, Jenna. She picked out a shiny bike with a banana seat and training wheels. His younger daughter, Andrea, was age three, and she decided that she wanted a bike as well. Max explained to Andrea that she was too young, and he told her that she was still having trouble with her tricycle and was too small for a two-wheeler. But no luck. She still wanted a bike. He tried to tell her that the big bike would bring more pain than pleasure, more scrapes than thrills, but she still turned her head and said nothing. Finally, Max sighed, and he said this. He said, listen, this time, Daddy knows best, honey. Her response was the response that caught him off guard. She screamed it as loud as anyone in the place could hear in the bike shop, and she said this, then I want a new daddy. And when I read that, I thought, you know what? I think that's what a lot of us do with God. He says, not now, it's not time, it's, it's not the way that I know you, you think it's gonna go, but, but we say, no, I want a new daddy then. I want a new story. I want a new moment. You ever wanted a new daddy? A new mom, a new son, a new daughter, a new boss, a new job, maybe a new church, maybe a new pastor, maybe a new God, maybe a new plan. Max goes on to say this. He said, with her three-year-old reasoning, Andrea couldn't believe that my plan A would be anything less than perfect just like you and me. He said, I didn't stop loving her. I wiped away her tears. I handled her disappointment. And I waited on my little girl to come around. I didn't give up on her. I just reached out to her. See, Andrea's story is, I think, a lot like many of ours. Maybe, just maybe, God today is gently reminding us to trust him in the midst of unmet expectations. See, there's a line, a fine line between, between our disappointments and our unmet expectations. And that fine line many times is bitterness and resentment. And when we begin nearing that, that line, we, we tend to say, no, I don't want to cross over that but what we have to remember is in these moments is that God has a plan and God has a purpose and we get to be a part of his plan and his purpose. And sometimes we have to recognize that he is greater than our unmet expectations. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do this morning. Will you just take a deep breath with me? Come on, we just, just, just blow it out now. 
One more time. Come on, just, just a real deep breath. Come on, just take one in. Here's what I recognize. Some of us have some unmet expectations. His plan was never just to meet our expectations. His plan was actually to surpass them. See, Jesus is greater than your unmet expectations. God doesn't always live up to your expectations, but he always lives up to his word. A prison perspective will always cause you to doubt, but you got to remember what God is doing and what he has done. Sometimes the place of unmet expectations is actually us. Maybe it's not anyone else. Maybe you're disappointed in yourself. Jesus today, I believe, is reaching out to you and he's saying, listen, in the midst of your unmet expectations, I'm here. If you would this morning, if you could just close your eyes for a moment. I want you to hear something today. Jesus is greater. You can fill in the blank. Jesus is greater than your sin. He's greater than your expectations. He's greater than your failures. He's greater than your fear. He's greater than your anger. He's greater than your sadness. Jesus is greater. And I don't know what today you're hanging on to. But Jesus is greater. He desires to meet with you right where you are in this moment and this time. And even like John the Baptist, who found himself in prison, not the way he thought things were going to go. In fact, later we see John the Baptist losing his life. Not the way he expected things to go. But he was okay because he realized that Jesus is greater. It's not about your comfort. It's not about your expectations. Jesus is greater. So God, right now, I just pray that you would sweep across this room here today. In the midst of some unmet expectations, would you comfort our hearts? In the midst of some unmet expectations, God, would you begin to guide and direct us to your plan, your purpose? In the midst of some unmet expectations in our marriages, God, would you, would you begin to restore what the enemy has tried to get us to focus in on? With unmet expectations in our work and in our families and in all our relationships, I pray, God, that you would help us to remember that you have a plan and you have a purpose. God, that you would walk with us in every season and every time. God, I thank you that we don't walk alone, but you walk beside us. God, we love you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name.